0: Next time on a very spooky fine dining podcast, the season one finale, TGI Friday's the 13th. Oh, you betcha. Pineapple's gonna hit the fan as Michael's son, Juicy, or in this episode, Juice son, Voorhees, <laughs> goes on a murderous rampage and no one is safe. It gets real spooky, it gets real bloody, and not everyone's gonna make it to the end of the episode. Who will live, who will die, Listen to Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. Break down a trip to TGI Fridays based on the atmosphere, the service, and the food. And try not to be scared to death. Hear the thrilling finale of Fine Dining, Wednesday, October 25th, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: langley swindon and i'm from the non-censored podcast yes that's where i'm really from Hello and welcome to Nonsense, the podcast that rounds up the highlights of my very popular and very real radio show. And this week the show is brought to you by men's grooming brand Manscaped. Maybe, Martin, we should have a contest with our listeners to see if they can spot our very subtle sponsored content, eh?
0: <laughs> yes, well, we are we are subtle about these things, you know. We, we, we're much like a public broadcaster. You hardly notice that we're doing adverts sometimes.
1: Well, we are a public broadcaster.
0: Oh yes, of course. That's um, yes, of course.
1: <clears throat> now it was quite a week, wasn't it, Martin? We had a lot of wonderful things, and as usual, sadly, we
0: just couldn't fit everything in. Lots of things that we couldn't fit in, of course. Um, I mean, we had a great interview with the head of a private healthcare company about how they can help ease the winter crisis and yes. uh, thanks to him for stepping in at the last minute to be honest uh, we yes. we were we were of course supposed to have an interview with the head of an A&E department about it but they didn't show up and um well eventually we just just gave up waiting didn't we
1: yeah, yeah i just Just typical, if you ask me. I mean, we were also supposed to have an interview booked with a leading newspaper columnist about the upcoming strikes and why they were such a disaster for everyone. Mm. But then they said we hadn't paid them for the last time they were on, so they pulled out. I mean, it's ridiculous, Martin.
0: Well, you know, that's that's people.
1: We always pay on time. Well, I mean, I don't organise it, but I'm sure we do.
0: Well, Um, you know, if if the cash isn't in the hands, then the invoice is in the post.
1: Exactly, or by fax.
0: It's as good as. An IOU from non-censored is as good as money.
1: Yes, or just a gentleman's handshake. Anyway, we did have time for a lot of other things. First off was, uh, you may have all seen the news about Lady Susan Hussey, that poor woman who uh, was made to resign for being apparently racist. We spoke to veteran royal watcher Nicola Witchell and um, we really got to the bottom of the whole matter. Nicola Witchell, thank you for joining us.
2: Oh, thank you, Harriet. Thank you very much indeed.
1: Now, Nicola, obviously you know the royal family very well and you know everyone who's involved and what goes on. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm just horrified that Lady Susan Hussey has had to resign. Uh, Can you tell us a bit about this?
2: What happened was there was a gathering at the palace and... Mm. A lot of people who you wouldn't maybe see around there were incredibly lucky to get an invite. And Lady Susan, who has, on record, never offended anyone in her life, and she's 83, offended. 83? She's 83. She offended someone. She's 83. She's 83 for the first she's time 83. offended. At the end of the day, mm. she's 83 and this she's is her first 83. offense. 83. Yes. And all she asked was, Where are you from? I've known people who are eighty-three, and I don't think that asking someone where they're from is a bad question. Well, I've got in taxis before, and the taxi driver says, "Where are you going, love?" And I don't say, yes, "How dare very you?" Similar. How that's worse
1: as well. Uh, I'm so with you here. I mean, she's eighty-three. She's 83. She's eighty-three. She's 83. She's 83. I think we've got to ask ourselves, why are we persecuting this woman for being racist when she's 83? She's 83.
2: She's not racist and her life is ruined. And she's never offended anyone ever. And She's 83. 83.
1: 83. She's 83. I just wonder, Nicola, like... She's 83. What, yes. What is she
2: going to do now? Well, she could get another job, of course, but she's 83. She's 83. She's 83. People are expecting her to pick up and change her life after doing a very important job of being the lady in waiting. Yeah. When did
1: 83? I think people really need to have a long, hard look at themselves. Yes. And ask what's important in life. And I think uh, at the end, what's important is that she's 83. She's 83.
2: What's she going to do now? Answer me that
1: at 83. Do you think, I mean, uh, obviously this is one line of looking at it, but Mm. some people on the wokey left are going, oh, Harry and Meghan were right Meghan did have to deal with racism. What, what do you say to that? The least
2: racist people, mm. family and institution on the planet are the royals. And that's yes. all I have to say on the matter. They wouldn't employ a, a racist, not even one that's 83. No. So Not even one that's 83. I think what we're all aware of is that Megan wanted to sell documentaries and books and congratulations Megan you've done that what a sad little life yes
1: yes that's the thing isn't it it's all very well people going oh Megan was right oh no. i'm sorry are you are you telling me that she suffered racism in the royal family from what from 83 year olds is from that an, what you're an
2: eighty-three, an eighty-three-year-old is racist now. Is that the law? Is that something <laughs> is that, that we're going to be saying in
1: the world we now live in? Yes, is an eighty-three-year-old is racist. Year old. I just, what a concept! What a concept!
2: I, yes, I am sickened, and thank you for allowing me to come on here and set the record straight. Royals not racist. Yeah. Megan, awful,
1: eighty-three. Yes. Thank you very much. Thank you, Nicola. You're welcome. Well, Martin, we had Ishan Akbar back after his
0: week away. Absolutely fantastic to hear his voice again with uh, some hot takes on the football. <laughs> yes, and some spicy jokes. Absolutely, but we're not going to call it the hot and spicy takeaway anymore, are we? So it's just... Um, <sighs> yeah, it's
1: very sad, that.
0: Football Chats with Ishan. Football
1: Chats. Football Chats. <laughs>
3: Ishan, welcome back on the show. Thank you so much. Uh, sorry I wasn't here last week. As you know, I w- was in some sort of legal wrangling with the Qatari border officials who were questioning my level of straightness uh, to enter the country. But as you well know, I am you probably the straightest man on this podcast.
1: Oh, dear. Well, I mean, oh, dear. A,
3: it's not a competition, is I don't think it's. Yeah, but, I mean, it is. But, I'm very straight. I haven't even looked at my own penis in 15 years. That's wonderful. That's wonderful.
1: So, Ijan, as our senior football
3: correspondent,
1: tell us, what is your take on everything this week? Because you always well, have a little take.
3: Well, look, you know, I've had a tremendously wonderful time here in Qatar. Mm. Everyone is so friendly. All the men are together, dancing, holding hands, in celebrating. This, a straight way. This, yes, this very yeah. wonderful festival. Of football, And there have been some wonderful surprises, Saudi Arabia beating Argentina, mm. some big, big surprises. But the Iran football team caused a bit of controversy. Well, maybe not the Iran football team itself, but a certain Jürgen Klinsmann, former Germany and Tottenham Hotspur striker, who, of course, is famous for his celebration, the Klinsmann dive, uh, where you kind of score a goal, run, and then dive into the ground like a superman. Yes, we. I mean, Jump sure, dive. we've
0: seen How that. extraordinary. It's, uh, common.
1: Well, I don't think I've seen that in football. I've seen that in, you know, more more
3: intimate. A slip and earth, slide
0: type situation. Um, yes, exactly, <laughs> a little
3: slip and slide. So Jürgen Klinsmann is a pundit, and he was covering the, the Iran game, and he mentioned that Iran, who have uh, quite a, shall we say, feisty approach to the game, the odd tackle here, the odd elbow here, trying to bend the rules a bit, trying to push the envelope of what's acceptable on the football pitch. Jürgen Klinsmann said that this is their culture and this is the way they behave in a slightly barbaric, backward way. I mean, he did right. a barbaric, backward way. So there's been a lot of uh, controversy about whether or not Jürgen Klinsmann was being incredibly offensive about Iranian people. And my hot and spicy takeaway is this. Of course he isn't. Of course he's not being offensive, for goodness sake. and everyone just calm down? Iranians are famous for being rough and brutish. Mm. Are they? On the football pitch. And, you know, they are embracing a sort of football culture that exists in South America. where They cheat Uh, quite a bit. Oh. And it just so happens that they do the cheating and it reflects, you know, their political environment too. I've
0: got to say... Ishan, it does feel like a bit of a a bit of a crass generalization to um, equate someone's uh, nationality to uh, uh, barbarism or, or cheating behavior, uh, whether it's on on the sports field or not. Well, no, because it,
3: of course you play the sport the way your country behaves. <sighs>
0: So, so the the general idea of what people are like based on their nationality is reflected in how they play. Is that what you, you've witnessed at the uh, yeah, at the World absolutely. Cup? You cannot name me one
3: European country that plays in this kind of barbaric, backward way. What what, what about Spain? Well, no, the Spanish are the darkest of the whites, aren't they?
0: Ooh, I don't know if that. If, if you think right. about, it. I'm not sure how that. Sits with me. Oh, what are we saying? This oh, have a siesta. <laughs> I feel Take a, a bit oh. nervous bringing up any cultural identities. To be honest,
3: sorry, but Martin, did you just
0: hear I what Ishad
1: said? Yeah. He just, he just said have a I've siesta. I've just got to
0: the point where yeah, I, yeah. I start to get. N- I just
3: didn't. Want I that get to nervous
0: near. when we even sometimes name Martin, countries. To be your, honest, your, your
3: opinions. Your opinions. Your, paella into insignificance. <laughs>
0: that was not good.
1: Oh, dear. I mean, I haven't understood anything that's gone on in this conversation so far, but I do understand that and I like it.
3: Thank you. Fundamentally, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is what Jürgen Klinsmann said was not offensive. It is true that certain countries play football in a way that reflects who they are as a people and who they are as a people we can glean from the way their governments behave. And in this Festival of Football World Cup, we've seen all the various diversity of the world in the way they play football. And there is nothing wrong with saying that this is their culture because it is.
1: So you mentioned sort of it reflects their governments as well. If in two years we get a Labour government, will our football team become all sort of wobbly-legged and dithery?
3: Yeah, quite quite possibly just mm. kind of slipping and sliding and just, you know, everybody would be on the left wing. You
0: can expose another. us. Oh, on the, down the right you. wing. <laughs> is open? Um, I have a question, Ishan.
1: Oh, I mean, it's a serious topic, do, but it's funny. It's a serious topic. Do you topic, think but the, it's funny. the
0: same could be said in reverse that if a uh, football team, as the English football team has been accused of, uh, goes a little woke, does lurch to the left, is that likely to be a signifier for their uh, incoming? governments yes
3: absolutely as as they get more and more woke it could mean that there is an impact on british government and we end up getting one of these wokey governments where everybody you know takes the knee every morning oh god i don't think anyone which as a football strategy doesn't really work because same, it's all we knees. should you just have uh, the ball over the head not a problem
1: that's where we could head though. I mean, yeah. if the work left take over, we could be doing that. Be um getting down on our knees all Ishan, the time. Uh,
3: favorite thing about Qatar? The favourite thing about Qatar is the camaraderie amongst all the men. It's wonderful. <sighs> they they have these fan villages and only men are allowed and all the men are together and we're just singing and dancing and high fiving oh, and celebrating lovely. the games. And you know, there's a real carnival oh. atmosphere. Um Carnival and carnal and uh, uh, hot. Lovely, Lovely nice.
1: That's the thing, isn't it? I know, obviously, it's very bad that they are anti LGBTQ plus AE. But what is nice is you do have this return of the sort of heterosexual men, men doing men things like dancing and sweating together
3: and you know just oh it being... was it was stupendous in the opening ceremony they had this topless man playing the drums and he was oh my goodness and his pecs were out and we we're all mm. like oh this is good straight man yes behavior. good alpha stuff i like it this is good i'm connecting with my inner man i'm going inside my man once again just wonderful right. just wonderful
1: that's what I, I think. That I mean, I don't understand football, but maybe that is what football's all about.
3: That is what football is all about.
0: Balls. Maybe we notes. should uh, have our own little, uh, <laughs> a little non-censored football team. We could do a little, you know, get some people on play, have a kick around, what do you, you know, down the park, hang out as friends, just. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm busy most nights. Is, uh, Harriet? You've ever wanted to? I <laughs> should. I no, don't it's play probably, football, will uh, Just on. just to have a kick around in the back garden on my own, if Absol- anything.
1: Absolutely frightful idea. Going, I don't know why you even suggest a that. Dog.
0: No, it's it's you know, horrible. It's
1: it's my, my- oh God! Especially if your dog is coming. No. Ugh. <laughs> horrible. Fair enough. Now Martin, I sent you an early Christmas present, didn't I?
0: What well, you did indeed I was very surprised and um very happy to receive it. To be honest, it was the um it, well, I mean you, you say a gift a, a present it, it was from our sponsors, wasn't it? Well, I mean it was, it was it was the manscaped gift box.
1: Yes, um, still a gift still a gift Martin. I still gave it to you. I could have given it to Jonathan.
0: Yeah no, no and I appreciated it. Uh, I just don't think you actually spent any money on it but uh, not not a problem not a problem at all
1: well it's never too early to play holiday music and it's never too early to start thinking about gifts is it martin and i just thought i'd make this a season to be jolly for you with manscaped and our listeners can look nice when they get naughty by going to manscaped.com and use the code snowflakes for free shipping and 20% off What did you think of it, Martin?
0: Well, um, you know, I I was impressed by it. Actually, you very kindly provided me with the platinum package. That's Uh, right. Each each product from the best-selling performance package, plus ultra-premium body wash, ultra-premium two-in-one shampoo and conditioner, and ultra-premium deodorant. uh, I've got to say... I smelt better than my dogs <laughs> and I wash my dogs every day and they do have a lovely scent. So it was, it was a very nice thing to be able to say about my own. Um,
1: well, Martin, it really so. is the best way to smell fresh from your Santa hat to your candy cane.
0: If, I if you see what I'm saying. Call, <laughs> well, I wouldn't call it that. But um, yes, no, I did smell very yeah. nice. Um, yeah. Also, the the lawnmower four point body trimmer and the weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer feature. <laughs> they've they, they've got their uh, their advanced skin safe technology, so I I felt very safe using it and. Uh, I'm very happy to have received my Christmas present. Thank you.
1: Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SNOWFLAKES at MANSCAPED.COM That's 20% off with free shipping at MANSCAPED.COM and use the code SNOWFLAKES. MANSCAPED. Get your jingle ball... <laughs> Sorry. MANSCAPED. Get your jingle balls ready for the holidays. Now we were all, I think, shocked by the news this week that Britain is no longer a majority Christian country. I mean, uh, ju- just just shocking. Now you don't talk about this often, Martin, but you are quite religious, aren't you?
0: Well, I mean, I don't know if I would go that far, but I certainly do. There's a um, there's a there's a group that meets up on on Thursday evenings uh, that uh, where people are just very nice to me. And there's sandwiches and we talk about, you know, any problems that might be going through uh, at work or in, in your own personal lives. Uh, it's right. just, just uh, you know, it, it's, it's just nice people being nice um, and, and, and then they say some prayers and then we go home. Well,
1: we spoke to commentator and ordained minister Jerry Berry about this, this whole hullabaloo... Today, I am joined by Jerry Berry of the Very, Very Free Church of England. He is an ordained minister there. He's also, of course, a prominent commentator on all sorts of social issues. Jerry, welcome to the show.
4: Thanks so much for having me. Love your show.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Always good to get a, well, just someone intelligent like yourself who's also a fan. It's just great. It's just great. Thank you so much. Why are people abandoning the church?
4: There's nothing, you know, the wokism means there's nothing in it for them anymore. Oh, my
1: goodness.
4: It used to be you come to the church and you're doing uh, Christian things. Yeah. And now they're staying out on a, on a Saturday night. You know, they're, they're watching Netflix, Rakuten. Oh, my goodness. Disney Pluses. And it's full of uh, devilish things. Disney Plus. Yeah. And then they're asleep in time for the church. And the ministers and all of the people in the church, they're not saying the right things anymore. It used to be... Christ is the best, Christ is the one, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Now it's all, you know, You see, I've seen on, on Facebook that all the preachers, they're all talking about all oh, the sugar babes.
1: Oh, goodness, no. No, sugar babes, sorry. Not in a place of worship. Not in a place Absolutely of worship. Absolutely not. I mean, there's also, there's a lot of sugar babes as well.
4: There's been about 400 sugar babes and only one Christ.
1: I believe before you started at the Very, Very Free Church of England, mm-hmm. you you know, you wanted to join the, the regular Church of England, but I don't think they'd have you, would they?
4: They wouldn't. No. They wouldn't. And this is the thing. They've cancelled me everywhere I go. I'm getting cancelled, cancelled for my views. And I'm proud of that now, I have to say. Really? But yeah, I called up, tried to become a priest at the main church. Yeah. No responses. Wow. They said, our books are full.
5: Oh,
1: my goodness. No and
4: goodness. I know why. I think they've seen my tweets. And let's it, to leave that there. That's what it is. That's what it is, I think.
1: <laughs> that's the problem, isn't it? That With the Wokey Church of England, they can't keep off Twitter.
4: That's the problem with the Wokes. Mm. It's all manner of problems these days, honestly. They're letting all manner of people into the church. Yeah. Before, it used to just be me allowed in the church. Right. Do you know the sort of characters they're letting in now? No. Do what? you know the Gunnosaurus? What's the Gunnasaurus? Gunnasaurus is the mascot of uh, Arsenal Football Club. Sorry, what? I've seen on Facebook that they let him into a church, uh, and let me tell you, he's not a Christian. Oh, my goodness. He's a green dinosaur. That's disgusting. That's, it's awful.
1: That is a bastardization, I'm sorry, of of the church.
4: Excuse my language, that's a bastardization.
1: Mm. Exactly. Of the church. Exactly. I'm so sorry. I mean, you're just watching your beloved religion, go down Mm. the toilet
4: they've virtual signaled it you know that's what they do now it's the liberal elites (sighs) have done this they have they have guardian readers
1: guardian readers especially i think are a really dangerous breed you know people Mm. don't understand people think they're sort of harmless because they've got a tv section but no they're not they're not. No?
4: Absolutely not. They're promoting these things in church now, which we would never, and this is why I'm in the Free Church of England, because we do not promote anything. Yeah. Young people are going to church now. They're learning, watch E4. And this is not the way. They're learning, all oh, wear clothes from a boohoo man. No. That's absolutely wrong. No, that's just dreadful. Very scary times. I go, I look around Tesco. Mm. I look around the post office. I see no Christians.
1: Oh, my goodness. I think. Yeah.
4: You know, I've gone into the post office. I've said, There's a cashier number one, please. I've said, raise your hands who's Christian. Yeah. Nothing. Not one. Nothing. Nothing and there more. was m- more than four people. No, no. Sorry if that doesn't fit the liberal elite way of thinking. We're all about,
1: I, on this on this program, we are all about sort of radical ways of thinking and just mm. free speech, you know, just saying, speech. just saying the truth. And that is what people are afraid of now. They're afraid of the truth And they're afraid of Christianity. And as established, I'm not talking about the new wokey Christianity with Richard Coles. Mm. I'm talking about the very, very free
4: Church of England. Richard Coles is a grass. Is he? You look at what he's talking about uh, on his tweets and he's saying you shouldn't be doing this. We should be doing that. The man is a grass, pure and simple. Guy Ritchie wouldn't have it. No. And he's a Christian.
1: No. That's the thing, isn't it? He
4: he should have the Richard Coles position, Guy Ritchie.
1: Do you think you could recruit Guy Ritchie to your church?
4: We've been emailing.
1: Oh, wonderful. I imagine uh, most people are fed up with this woke, sugar babes-loving church. How many of these people are you finding are coming to join your church as a result?
4: I've set up a YouTube channel A video about the church has had seven views in three months. That hasn't yet translated to that many people coming. Uh, There is interest. I stop people in the street. I hand them a piece of paper that I couldn't... The printer wasn't... So I've written it out. Okay. And those have been taken by over 20 people. So it is growing and they are scared.
1: That's the thing, isn't it? It's all about growing it. I mean... Seven people may not seem like a lot, but let's not forget that Jesus had seven disciples. Exactly. So, Jerry, how do you see the future of the church? Will Britain remain a Christian nation?
4: I'm I'm very sorry to say that um, Mm. back in, I believe it was early 2000s or late 90s, Mm. uh, everyone would remember Christian or or not. And that's the first time I say saying. A man came to everyone's house and uh, did something to the TV. And we had Channel 5 for the first time. Now, unfortunately, I see a woke man coming, whether it's, uh, you know, one of one of the many were Eamon Holmes, but, you know, one of these, yeah, one, one and of they're removing Christianity in the same way that they once installed Channel 5. Oh, right. And I don't think, if we don't act now and people don't join this church now, yeah, the Free Church of England, then I think, unfortunately, it's very much going to go that way.
1: Oh, my goodness. Well... I wish you all the best. Keep fighting the good fight and recruiting more people.
4: Thank you. Love your show.
1: Thanks, Jerry Berry. Now, our interview this week was with Peter Dukes, who is an English author, screenwriter, playwright, literary critic and journalist. He's also co-founder and executive editor of Byline Times. Very, very interesting chat, uh, wasn't it, Martin? Went in lots of different directions.
0: Absolutely. I loved having the opportunity. He was very supportive about my own creative offerings. And uh, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if we end up collaborating at some point in the future.
1: I mean, don't take this the wrong way, Martin, but I am very suspicious of anyone who's supportive of anything you do.
0: Well, he did give me his Twitter handle and hinted very strongly who his agent was. So uh, well, I, I think I think that says all it needs to say right there <laughs>
1: no, that that's right, actually. Peter, hello. Welcome to the show.
5: Hi, Harriet.
1: Absolute pleasure to have you on. I mean, so much I want to talk to you about. I guess what I want to start by asking is, I see the need for a conservative alternative to, you know, the woke, lamestream media. But Mm. what on earth made you think we needed the Byline Times?
5: Well, I thought we really needed a conspiracy site full of kind of false news like infowars about... Tory scandals, which obviously didn't happen, about PPE, lies about, you know, the right-wing press accepting bungs from the government and giving them a good coverage during lockdown. So really, it's a money-making venture, and that's why I'm speaking to you from my uh, apartment in Mustique. What we realize is the left really love to take down conservatives, even on the basis of, you know, false facts. Yes. you to feed them this stuff and they believe it. It's incredible.
1: So you admit it. You're, uh, you're basically it's basically a hotbed for conspiracy theories because you've come up with some crazy things in the past about Brexit. Uh, Brexit I mean, not
5: working. <laughs> people believe it. Not working. It's amazing Amazing what people believe. You know, it's obviously the world is so much better. I think how it and you know I can feel it. The sun's shining. It's a nice feeling because everything seems to be going back to the 1970s. We've got sort of strikes for food. And and a little bit of the 90s, will this sleaze. I you know, I think it's good that, you know, conservatism should conserve the past, especially, you know, getting back to where we were. We had this great status in the seventies as the sick man of Europe. And here we are again. And everybody loves a sick person, don't they? You get nurses coming, you get Lucas You know, and in movies, the English patient English patient, great, because if you get burnt. Right, you remember the English patient, right? Yes, guess, I remember but, the
1: English patient. Yeah, but wonder, um, wonderful,
5: wonderful, hey, wonderful film. All the chicks go for the English patient. So I think that what Brexit has done is shown Britain in its true colours. And look how clear the skies are now. That I'm sure that never happened We're under the united state. Uh, Peter, um, I don't, and, I
1: don't know if I quite like this line that yeah. you're going down because I feel like you might be mocking us. And, okay. and I don't like it because, yes, I mean, it is sunnier. I'm looking outside and it's a sunny October morning thanks yeah. to the wonderful climate change, which is actually really helping the weather. But that's by the by. The point is we're not the sick man of Europe. We're the little plucky underdog, you know. We're not the English patient when he was covered in bandages. We're when he's oh. banging Colin Firth's wife. That oh, that's well. the analogy, really, we should be going with if we're talking about the English patient.
5: Yeah, I think the other great thing is, you know, we have this long tradition of alliance with Russia. You know, we had it with Stalin in World War II. No mm-hmm. alliances in the 19th century. We did fight them a bit over the Crimea, I think, but that was a mistake. We are now joining them at the bottom of the OECD G7 growth. And I think what we're doing is showing there is another way. You know, what is growth? What is wealth? I mean, British values weren't all about money. And, you know, they were about things like the flag and, and scones and yes. matrons right. cycling through the mist. Mm. I, 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 I just think that we talk too much about money and, and what Brexit gives you. It might make us poorer, but we breathe that free air. You're talking about. It's that free air. And obviously, when you go right to the bottom, we've got further to go, then you can only bounce back.
1: That is true.
5: The other thing that people forget is what a service we've done the world. That's not unlike Nigel Farage. It wasn't quite like World War Two. They're the white cliffs of Dover and there's all these invaders, of course, but they're asylum seekers on boats and they don't really have like Luftwaffe behind them or anything like that. But what we did for Europe by leaving the EU was to show to the rest of Europe only Britain could do it. Nobody else yeah. wants to leave the EU anymore. Right-wing parties across Europe are going, oh, we're, going we're going to do our Frexit or Grexit or Durexit or, I don't know, FinExit. I don't know if in November. But now nobody does that. And, and I feel that Clear in trend, that also. way, we set an example that others now look at and that guides their future.
1: So if that's what you believe in, I'm inclined to believe you because that is the sensible viewpoint, isn't it? That actually Mm. Brexit's been great for the UK and we have taken back control and we're going to be fine. As you say, we're going down, but we're going to bounce back up and then it's going to be better than ever before. So are you by that admission saying that your work is you're really just pandering to left-wing fears with conspiracies?
5: No, I think... What I'd say is, on a serious note, is that Brexit is very good for the I mean, it is one of those culture wars that's happened. To me, has clarified in a more sensible note, dropping that guys are being a right wing, Guido Fawkes putting up a left wing side. The thing about Brexit is, it just proved that everything that was wrong. Harriet, the House of Lords. Mm the idea of, you know, good chap's government, that you can trust Boris Johnson because he's a good chap and he surely won't be quaffing it while the Queen's husband is having his funeral. All the sclerosis in our society, all the many things, was revealed to be creaking and sclerotic and not fit for purpose by Brexit. And in a way, something even worse could have happened. And if it leads to major reform and constitutional change in our country, in an odd way, it isn't the worst thing. And it would have always happened. Something like this would always happen because we were exceptionalist, lazy, arrogant, thought we what? were the centre of the world. That's yes, sorry.
1: No, we, no, we were. We arrogant. were. I mean, you're, you're, we I are mean, You're forgetting about the empire. I mean, we, yeah, we were very yeah. important.
5: Yeah, we you were know, We, won, years we ago. won
1: the Second World War.
5: At the World Cup in 1966.
1: Thank you,
0: Peter. I, I've got producer Martin here. I've just got to say, um, I, I'm very relieved to to see that you dropped the facade. There, I, I was. I was. You know, I, I'm a simple man with simple needs. And um, at first, I thought perhaps I'd accidentally booked uh, a, a right winger, and I was a little scared. But now I see you're on the side of common sense and decency and um awesome. and i'm i'm excited i'm excited to see where this will go <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah that- i mean i did try to be a right winger for a while but i don't know how how do you find it it's really difficult to be that stupid for so long uh, um, as what it's the brexit Peter, and you know to lie nothing- to you, sorry.
1: There's nothing stupid about being right-wing. Uh, hello? I mean, I think the fact that the, the right have been in power for so long shows you that we know what we're doing.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I mean, the, it hasn't gone so well, and the polls aren't going well, and the economy's doing badly. But oh, look, no, be...
1: People make up poll
5: polls. But, but Harriet, sorry, I shouldn't say right-wing. I should say something else, which is lying. So, um And I said, the left could do that too. I'm sure. I'm sure you know it does in places like Venezuela and did under communism. Uh, but you know, just, P- just P- misrepresenting P- things, Harriet. I mean, you know, just you know, I went the sun shining. You were a bit cagey about that, but obviously it's shining. Mm. But every factual thing tells you the conservative government we have is full of cronies, out for jobs of the maids. They plundered the country and impoverished us. Now, you could say as a gloriously eloquent person from the right
1: Thank you. with
5: at least two surnames, yes. uh, you could say, yes, it's not working. You could say, oh, they've got it wrong, but I believe in Mark Littlewood's agenda. Or at least acknowledge it's not going well, Harriet.
1: Peter, can I throw out a theory about you? Yeah with all this talk about, oh, it's not going well, oh, you're the poor, sick man of Europe. You started your career, I believe, as a TV writer of detective fiction and thriller. And I think it slightly got to your head. I think you're reenacting the things you used to write, a bit like Sharon Stone did in Basic Instinct. Oh. And as a result, you're seeing all these kind of conspiracy and bad things happening, when actually we're, we're doing a good job we're doing a good job.
5: The funny thing about writing fiction, I saw this on mm-hmm. stage before TV, is that it, it's like cooking desserts for, you know, being a chef only cooks desserts. Then you go get, get home, you're desperate for some meat. Actually, means that I, you get a good sense of what's real and the difference between the narratives we want to tell ourselves, the great sunlit uplands. And you're right, some people get too much into, you know, everything's wrong. I certainly. You know, some of my best friends are conservatives, uh, Harriet, uh, though we don't really? tend to talk about politics, yeah. I, you know, I don't discriminate. But obviously the human mindset looks at these patterns, and I get people saying now, who ignored it four years ago, the Russian interference, going, oh, this is all Putin's thing. It's not. A lot is chaotic. But the good thing about drama is, I, I used to do a lot of research, I used to go out undercover cops and things like that, is that you do get to understand the kind of default narratives, cliches people fall into. And that happens on the left and right. And obviously, the Brexit cliche has become, you know, it just is an old story, Sunlight uplands, that freedom. And I think, as a poll of Byline Times proved, people have got bored with this series. They want another show.
0: Peter, if if you don't mind me uh, jumping in, I um Didn't I, jump, I, I was doing a little uh, research in, in into you, and I, I was inspired to to read of your your wildly uh, successful and eclectic uh, writing career across TV and radio Ooh. and and theatre, and um, I myself am a bit of a budding writer. Um, my wife Jane is really oh, the, the man, talent. You've got but- a script. I have some ideas, Peter, and I was hoping maybe oh, you, okay. you could give me a little point. I just have three ideas here, and I was wondering maybe if you could just tell me which one you think has the, the most legs, as it were.
5: I love a pitch session, and I'd love to hear them. I'll preface that by saying that, you know, I remember a classic line about it. You, know, you talk to another writer, and you go to them, are you busy? And they go, well, I've got three script ideas I'm going to pitch, and I'm working on a podcast. And to working on my first novel and you apply, me neither. I don't see either. So but on that line, Martin, why don't you pitch ahead and let's do let's do a creative workshop. Well this I, I think I think they're quite good. Um I'll just give you a yeah. brief outline and then Always you can do. tell
0: me Okay, here's the first one. Um okay, so it's yeah. it's it's a film script and it's called Wow It's called Bad Monks.
5: Okay. Yeah, monks, yeah.
0: Yeah. So it, it follows um, a group of these three sort of unconventional monks that are, are just trying to yeah. get by in, uh, I'm not sure what of the time period, maybe 12th to 16th century England. Um, Before Black Death.
5: Don't exactly. go to Black Death because that's kind of se- se- that's season five. Well,
0: there, there could well be spin offs. Um, on this, this journey, um, they're, they're kind of a, um, a sort of uh, three musketeers type group and they have, to, they have to go to the Vatican uh, to collect some holy wine. And on the way, they meet uh, Leonardo da Vinci, and they Gosh. accidentally give him all of the ideas for his uh, famous inventions. I thought that would be... brilliant, Martin. Oh, oh it's such oh, a relief uh, to hear that. It, Thank you, Peter.
5: Um, it's got pace... It's got sort of three Chicos. What has it? you can imagine? Steve Martin being one of the monks. Yes, yes. You can have a bit of a name of the rose in there. Some cryptic message in the hills. You know, and they find the Grail, and maybe they come across John Cleese as a knight, and they cut up his face. You, you could have comedy in there. I, you know, I, I think it's great. Well, casting, I did. Though casting, I mean, yes. I think it could be set in space, by the way, and they could okay, be Buddhist monks. Buddhist um, monks, and I think they should be nuns, actually. Okay, this uh, has changed quite a lot. Said it in the this, future, this is on now. Mars, almost the opposite
0: of what I'm saying. But
5: no, no, I mean this is what. No, Great yes, yes, about. we're pitching. We're yes, pitching okay.
0: The is there a role for Kanye West in this? I I could certainly um, think uh, about it. I, I can see how it is. Has it he is.
1: ever acted, Kanye West? Because I I bet he would he would be good as that. I I think. I mean, I, I'd like. I'd like. I'm just saying, I'd like to see something with Kanye in it.
5: I mean, he could be kind of a lord of a planet if you do it in space, as I'm suggesting. Oh yes. But I'm just thinking, it's in the news. You know, it might might get some bums on seats. You see, the thing is, producers like people's names in the news. Okay. So that helps funding. You know, especially in Hollywood. I, I went to I see. You've got to move it around. What if they're dead? What if they're actually okay. dead?
1: So they're what they're they zombie zombie monks.
5: So you don't, you don't know if they're zombies or ghosts, right? You this come is back in space, so you get it. You flash back like Godfather Two, right? You flash back to the 13th century or 12th, yes. Century, and you you don't know why they're here. You're seeing them in space, and then you have the backstory. Peter, the back I, I've great.
0: got to say, there's a lot of great ideas bouncing around the room here. Um, is yeah, this yeah. what it was like in uh, the
5: Waking of the Dead? Uh, yeah, you, you know. Oh, no, I think I'm being Kind compared to that okay you didn't have trevor reed coming along and changing every line so the worst one was before it became a soap i wrote for holby city editing episode they asked me to come back this is my long slow departure from drama and they said wait no i said i can't mind it's, it's a soap now it's you know i'm never going to have any say and they um said no no it's going to be a standalone episode you can set it abroad you can do whatever you like and so I wrote it, and it stopped being a standalone episode. They completely changed it. I took my name off it. <laughs> Did so they put it in I, I space? No, I would have had fun. <laughs> it was in L Street, that as space. Yes. Um, you know, But I now describe British drama, the soap end. I wrote one of the reasons I stopped writing dramas. I wrote a big piece in Prospect, criticising this whole process, uh, that it's a machine to crush out all the invention of writers. So they become blandified into this product. But come on Martin, you've got two more ideas. That one, let's park that whole this might be something Spielberg's interested in, if it's yep. available. But what are the other two? Come on. Come on, picture. it with an elevator. Maybe let's keep them short,
0: up. Martin. This okay, fine. Um this is a similar it starts off on a similar tact, but it's got a different anatomy that's what you have to remember about this pitch so um and i didn't want to work on too many different working titles so i have just called it um
5: let's closing let's is uh, opening is closing. it's um
0: bad monks 2, okay boys ah, in God. boys in the hood so this is they they go um hood. They, i love the joke exactly and it um it, th- what they do is they they retrieve some holy scriptures from a gang of brigands yeah. Third one, third one? Third one? Um Three Monks, One Cup. Ah! They're, brilliant, brilliant. they're in, so, in search for I the Holy been, Grail
5: and I all the knights think- of the round table are in that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We I, I had that with the Monty Python thing. Okay. I think your best format for this, right? Because yep. it is all about formats and, you know, movies are very expensive to make. Yeah. You know, the writer's budget is one tiny fraction and then you get to television it's a bigger fraction, not quite expensive to make, but writer's still down the pile. And then you get to stage where the actors probably take more money than the writer. I've watched a lot of these formats. But I think the best format for you, whether you have real power as a writer, where these three ideas can blossom and sort of express themselves to the public, yep. is in a haiku. In a haiku. It's quite—it's a bit shorter than I was thinking. It w- less, less is more. Minimalism is beautiful. Yes. no. And that true. way, you can put it on Twitter. It'll probably fit on a tweet. Right?
1: He's only got about 3 followers, Peter. I who would read it?
0: Uh, Maybe if well, I sign up to Twitter Blue you, that'll add a bit more legitimacy to my poetry.
5: You could spray it on walls. A haiku like that just a banks.
1: I don't think we should give Martin any ideas about I'm
5: I'm thank you kind of Peter. I'm career. I'm going to take all of your
0: ideas and I'm I'm going to try and work on them and I'll hopefully come back to you with some poetry. I'll,
5: I'll tweet you.
0: I'll, yeah, I'll, only, me. give
5: me the haiku and then we can we can change that too It's great my favourite line by Sam Goldwyn it's great the script survived now we've got something to change so I'm looking forward to your haiku so we can change it.
1: Peter, we must let you go. I just really wanted to ask one more thing. You you wrote a book called The Fall of the House of Murdoch in twenty twelve. Oh. Ten years on, he's still around, thank goodness. So do you feel that you went a bit too soon with that?
5: Maybe. Actually, if you read the book, which you clearly haven't, Harriet, but it's quite long <laughs> and the print's quite small. It was about the fall of its its moral fall. But yeah, I mean it's amazing persistence of survival i'd say the house has fallen you know the whole point was that none of his children were going to be quite as ruthless or as inventive as rupert and this is a man who hates monarchy creating a dynasty a man who says he's for free markets creating a monopoly as we've seen from a television show which may or not be inspired by the murdoch dynasty that succession is a huge problem You know, will it survive? He's he's not immortal. I'm afraid to tell you this, Harriet, he's not immortal.
1: Well, I don't Um, know. He looks like he might be.
5: Well, he looks like, I won't say what he looks like. Uh, Yeah, he's going on a long time, and his mother lived to 101 or something, but that's still mortal. I think it's not quite eternity. So I think I probably underestimated the resilience. And actually this pure shamelessness of reappointing Rebecca Brooks, who has found not guilty of... Phone hacking herself or bribing cops, but ran an organisation she was editor of where the deputy editor and all the senior staff were hacking. So one of the most incompetent editors we had. So I underestimated the shamelessness of Murdoch, but I don't think I'm alone on that.
1: Peter Jukes, thank you very much. You've been um, very, very interesting, and thank you for harbouring Martin's career ambition. I
5: feel inspired good keep it going martin i mean one day you'll get to people and the main thing is you'll speak your own mind
1: Well, that was the show, wasn't it, Martin? Ah,
0: over so soon!
1: Over so soon. Please do like and subscribe and review and all those things that help bring more people to the non-censored family.
0: Absolutely. Five stars, if you don't mind. And uh, why not use some nice complimentary language, such as amazing, um, uh, lovely, very good, or indeed effervescent.
1: Yes, 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 all those words. With thanks to Rosie Holt, Brendan Murphy, Ishan Akbar, Suze Kempner, Bilal Zafar, Ed Morris, and Peter Dukes and, of course, our sponsors, Manscaped. We'll be back next week for some more non-censored.